You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at VisitWilliamsburg.com. The truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network is fueled by joy. Joy Dog Food has been in business for many decades, since the 1940s. They've never had a recall. They only use 100% American-made products to bring you a dog food formula that is going to keep your hounds on their feet and performing at a high level late round bound, the next bear race, the next cat race, whatever you got going, Joy can keep your dog fueled up. I personally feed Joy for this reason. They are not afraid to get in the trenches and get in the fight. They will show up at a local meeting where people are trying to pass tethering laws or uh, breeders bills or whatever and put their name on that and put their reputation on the line to support us. So find Joy Dog Food on the internet, find that dealer locator, find a dealer near you. Go to joydogfood.com and keep those hounds fueled by joy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. And today we got a special one for you. Uh, I'm sitting here with Mr. Jesse Lively and mr eddie simmons and we are in shawneetown illinois at the michael moody memorial hunt now most of the time we get on here and and we talk dogs and there's there's going to be some of that that's inevitable but in the spirit of this event uh it is the michael moody memorial hunt and of course as most folks know we did we did lose michael and i thought it would be nice to have an episode just dedicated to to him uh, because he's he was all our friends. Uh, he'd done so much for the sport, and he was such a fierce competitor. And despite being one of the nicest people that you're ever going to meet, 
as Jesse and Eddie's going to tell you, Michael was a fierce competitor. Michael wanted to win. Uh, Michael, Michael, every time he went, he knew how to win. He was good at it. Prepared to win. Yes, sir. And so I thought maybe we'd just we'd tell some moody stories, you know, because. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I got one of my own, the only time me and Michael have ever been in an argument, I think, and it was the tree climbing incident down in Texas. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, and I wasn't mad at Michael for climbing the tree, or I wasn't mad at none of that, or him being frustrated because he lost the cast. I was mad because he put it on Facebook the next day. <laughs> and uh, I called Michael, and we talked about it, and... He pretty much just shrugged me off and said, you know, Josh, this, that, and that. And he called me uh, two weeks later. And he said, you know, the more I look at it and the more I thought about it, the more I understand your point of view. And I believe you were right. And the humility that it takes for someone to do that oh, man, yeah. is almost impossible in this sport, isn't it, Jesse? He, 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 he was right in his mind, and, mm -hmm. and he was right. Yeah. You know, and you give him a little time just like, we all are should be just think about it a little bit and and then if if you decide you're wrong hey be man enough to call apologize i know jesse there's it's like i'm doing a podcast with finley eddie you got your phone on yeah just like <laughs> <laughs> i bet i'm glad you just went off i better turn mine on silent sure too. i'm trying to hey i got her done but uh yeah michael it, it didn't very often that people admit wrongdoing or that they were wrong. I have a bad habit of not doing it myself. We all do. You know, we're just human beings. But Absolutely. To have the humility to call me and say, you know, I get it. I understand. Uh, that was just the kind of person that Michael was. Even though he wanted to win and he wanted to do all that stuff, he also wanted to be a good human being. He mostly wanted to get it right. Yeah, He exactly. wanted to get it right. And uh, I guess after he thought about it, you know, he, he might have saw, hey, I didn't get it right, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to back up and get it right. I, I think Jason Doherty described that situation better. That He said that if I told my boy not to climb on that tree, not to climb that tree, and I looked up and he was about the same point Moody was, he goes, he'd have got a whooping. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think Michael thought that he was wrong as far as doing what he did. I think he just thought that he understood my point of view. Oh, yeah, and the spur of the moment, I've, I've heard a lot of people, me and Jesse talked about it today, you know, when something's happening right now, you make a decision uh, and hope for the best, but those people that get a day, two days, three days to mm -hmm. think about it, uh, their decision-making uh, is uh, had a little time to set in. And not many of them would have admitted to them knowing they were wrong, though. Absolutely. No, no, they won't. They, they, they write until they, yeah. you know. Even deep down, if they know they ain't. Yeah, you know, they're, they're not going to call you and tell you they're right, wrong. They'll look you right in the face knowing they're wrong. Yeah. Well, but Mike wasn't that way. You know. What did you experience with Moody competing against him and just being friends, Jason? I met him in probably 2002. Was He was hunting Dino. Was that, that was about 02, wasn't it? Probably. Probably about that time. We were both young, and Michael was – Michael had a little different upbringing than I did. And, and you could tell – I could tell – you know, we about the same. Well, we was the same age, just two months apart. Mm -hmm. But I could tell he was different than me just when I first met him at the clubhouse. Yeah. And uh, we got to know each other through from there mm -hmm. on. And uh, hunting at Tallulah and then hunting at Crowville. But me and Mike just 
well, you just hit it off. You know, I wanted to be Michael's friend probably more than he mine because I knew I needed people mm-hmm. like Mike, you know, to keep me grounded. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael, he would we would we would be out there on a the cast and just, you know, it was never no arguments or or anything, but. We was out there to win. You yeah. can tell, you know. And uh, I, I'll tell you about one cast in particular. And Eddie was there. It was uh, the Old Fiddler Classic. He was hunting bow. And Ryan was on the cast. And I don't know the other two fellas. But at the, right there at the end of the hunt, Michael had took a minus. He had treated coon old bow with bad to leave a tree. And uh, he had took a minus. But right at the end of the cast, bow was treated. Could barely hear him. This is the kind of fellow Michael was. And Michael could hear him, and I could hear him. I was the judge. Had Ryan and them standing right here, and they was treated the other way. Now, if we take 10 steps that way, we're not going to hear a bow. But I could hear him, Michael could hear him. And Michael said, you hear him? I said, yeah. And uh, I could I could feel the pressure behind mm-hmm. me. These guys was wanting to go that way, but I was, I was stalling. And Michael, he stood right there and let the hunt run out and wouldn't treat that dog. And he got upset. I mean, he really yeah. got fired up. But he wasn't mad at these guys. He was mad at himself because he, he should have treated it off. Yeah. And I never understood why he didn't treat him. He, he got a coon, he wins. It was a little while later that I realized that he wasn't sure I could hear that dog. He was sure he could hear him, but he didn't know if I was hearing the dog because he was wanting me to. Yeah. So he didn't treat him. But he had a coon, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Not many people would have done that. Nope. That was I'm, Michael Moody. Though. I'm treeing that dog. Oh, absolutely. You're treeing that dog, I'm guessing. I never, I could not understand why he no. didn't tree that dog. i tell you something about Michael. One of the first hunts I ever hunted with him, and it didn't take long to figure out you was hunting against somebody that was prepared, knew their dog, knew the rules the whole nine yards. And I drawed out with him, and, hey, we've had a good hunt. Uh, Michael's fixing to win this cast. Mine makes a tree. And uh, we go in there, that tree. Uh, it's summertime. I couldn't find one in the living room, hardly. And uh, Michael finds my coon, not because it was me. It's the first time we ever hunted together in a competition hunt. He finds my coon that beats him and wins the cast. So I learned a lot about Michael right there. He was a competitor then and forever. But uh, they was some, and that, that wasn't the first time he'd ever done that for somebody, and it sure wasn't the last. Mm-hmm. But now he he enjoyed competition. Oh, yeah. We got a we got a spot down there we call the Colts at Crowell. It'll forever be Michael Moody's hole because that's where he, when he'd come down he'd guide to the Colts. He loved he loved hunting down there in that big timber. Yeah, he had a, he always had a style of dog. When he caught because B come from my part of the world mm-hmm. and I'd hunted with B as as Eldon. Matter of fact, when El- the first time I hunted with B. Eldon was trying to win her money for her first Super States, I believe. He was trying to get her hunted one. I was hunting that one-eyed dog called Blinken. And I was around B. a lot. And Michael called me before he bought B. and asked me what I thought of her. And I said, well, you ain't going to like her. He goes, what? I said, and when she was young, she was like, she would do everything right, but she wouldn't have a coon enough. You know, she would, she would sink through there. She had that great big pretty mouth, you know, and everything. And, uh. I told him, I said, I don't think you're going to like her, Michael. She ain't accurate enough. 
Well, Michael, in, in his wisdom, didn't listen to me. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and he gets me down there, and I mean, they just go on a tear. I mean, yeah. just an absolute tear. Won everything they were in, it seemed like. They jived, didn't I was with Michael that night. Uh, it was in the, the third round of the World Hunt, and uh, B was in the cast, and uh, Michael was hunting junior, and he didn't win. Uh, B didn't win. But, boy, that Michael, she had that voice. She's yeah. got that voice. And the cast is over, and me and Michael's walking down the railroad tracks, and OB comes treed. He said, man, listen to that. Listen to that. I said, boy, she sounds good. He said, let's go back and see her. Cast is over. We're beat. Hey, we turn back around and go to B's tree. And uh, he tells Mr. Eldon then, he said, Mr. Eldon, he said, I'd like to buy that dog. And Mr. Eldon said, nah, I don't want to really sell her. So about two days later, Michael called Mr. Eldon and uh, throwed out some numbers. Only time he'd ever seen her. And uh, Mr. Eldon said, he said, I've promised a man that if I sold her, he said, uh, I'll give him first chance. He said, I'm going to call him and say what you said, Michael. He said, but if he takes her, his dog. Michael said, fair enough. Mr. Eldon's, that's, mm -hmm. that's Mr. Eldon's style. So long story short, uh, Kevin Morehouse, he bought her. So she's gone. And uh, so she's gone. Michael keeps talking about her. We wind up going to Kentucky. He looks at a dog in Kentucky. Uh, same weekend, we're headed to Ohio to look at another dog. And I sure ain't bragging on myself, but, man, I, I said, Michael, you going to stop call, talking about that dog or pick that phone up and call Kevin? I said, Basil Cattell taught me that a long time ago. I'm tired of hearing this now. He said, he ain't going to sell that dog. I said, well, one thing for sure. if you, you don't know that unless you call him. So we're rolling down the road, headed to Ohio to, to look at a dog. Kevin says, uh, yeah, I like her. I said, I really like old B. He said, but she's going to get killed up here. So she crosses those roads like popping popcorn. Yep. And uh, Michael said, well, you just sort of save her life. Kevin said, well, you know what the price was. He said, because you said it, but I ain't going to take that far. Michael said, they hit the ball one time. They never hit it no more. Michael said, I'm on my way. So we get up there, and I told Michael, I said, look, you ain't never asked me for a penny. You and Jay on a dog. I said, but turn that thing loose. We've only hunted with her a little while. I said, that's a lot of money. He said, Mm, let's go home. I said, Michael, let's hunt with her. <laughs> hey, we cut that thing loose. Before you know what happened, she's about 150 yards treed side of highway. She trees another one right there by the highway. Kevin says, you want to see her go again, Michael? Michael <laughs> Bud said, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so we got OB and headed home. But uh, what a blessing for Michael because they were meant to be. Yeah. You she's she's a, still a special animal. Oh, yeah. And what she done... With Michael, I did not, and don't get me wrong, Eldon, Eldon's as good a dog man as there is on the planet, and he knew there was something there when he bought her as a as a real young dog, you know. It ain't like he wasn't seeing nothing, uh, but it seemed like she just really grew and blossomed down there with Michael. Oh, yeah, he they, they bonded. Jay, Jay and Michael's been uh, friends and partners for mm -hmm. many, many years, and still today, and uh, they liked the same kind of dog. And when uh, Michael got home and told Jay what he saw, you know, Jay was just like Michael. Hey, if we can get her, yep. let's try to get her. So they did. He's what? talking about Michael being a competitor. You get Eddie talking. Uh, when you're pleasure hunting, he's competing. Yeah. It don't matter what you do. Finding coons, 
he's going to be the first. He wants to find the coon. <laughs> when when me and Eddie and Michael and and David Luckett and Jay would go hunting, y'all seen the uh, live video feeds and stuff. Mm-hmm. We was we was competing. Yeah, he was wanting B to win. I mean, it, we was having fun. We was enjoying ourselves. But Michael was wanting at the end of the night. He wanted B to be on top. He knew the scores. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, when you look at he's hunting with you and he's hunting with Mr. Eddie, he's hunting with Luckett, you guys are all like that. Oh, absolutely. You know, oh, yeah. Jesse Lively wants to win that it little, little showdown too. You it know? don't matter. I'm going to win too. Yeah, and good competitors uh, draw, draw each other, draw to each other. They're drawn to each other to pleasure hunt because they have the same mindset. You know, me and, when me and Finley go out with two young dogs, one that he started, one that I started, of course I always win, but we're still keeping track. You know, and that's just the way it is. And I think bonds and fellowship through likeness, you know, like having like-minded individuals that enjoy the sport like that so much make lifelong friends like Mr. Jesse and Mr. Eddie. Hey, Luckett, Luckett uh, Michael went to his first competition coon hunt with Luckett, and they enjoy each other. But when they looked for a dog, it'd be nice if it could win coon hunts. Yeah. But I don't care what Luckett said. He was looking for a dog to beat Michael. Yeah. Michael was looking for a dog to beat Luckett. Because mm-hmm. when they pleasure hunting, or when they do, hey, they know. And yeah. them things are competitive. Best of friends. But uh, it was kind of funny. Michael said, he's looking for a dog yeah. to beat me. I'm looking for a dog to beat him. Well, how much did hunting with Michael, of course, Eddie, yours is a little different situation. You know, you, you guys were kind of partners and – you're hand, a lot of time handling yeah. for Michael and stuff like that, you know. But you spent most of your time competing against Michael. Absolutely. How yeah. much did he up your level of competition? You know, I was I was pretty much a different guy when Michael was on the cast because you know I used to try to win at any cost, mm-hmm. and I, I I'm guilty. I mean, but you know when I drawed up somebody like Michael, I would I would clean my act up. Yeah. Up, you know, and that you know it helped me. To, to be a better person. Thing about Michael is he talk. You you get in conversation, or if we was all sitting here talking, and if the conversation ever turned negative, Michael would disappear. Yep. I mean that's just the guy he was. Yep. No, I noticed that about Michael, and I didn't know him near as long as you guys did. Uh, not until I started hunting in these events like this that we're at this weekend uh, did I get to spend a lot of time with him. I think the first time I met him, we came up. Or he came up to our $6,500 hunt there at Mercer the first year we had it. I think it was 16 or 17. Uh, he was hunting, I don't know if he was hunting junior then. I think he may have just Probably. got junior. I think he had just got mm-hmm. junior. And uh, we pleasure hunted a couple nights the night before. He had his boy with him. And you could tell then that this was a straight lace, no nonsense. Uh, well-mannered, always well-dressed, impeccably dressed man. Yes. <laughs> Michael was. Yeah, his was. hair was always fixed. His, his clothes were always clean, you know. And he, and he treated us as these old ratty hillbillies, you know, running like around. Like he'd been just, your friend just all, like all your he, life. Just like he was raised in the same trailer park I was. Yeah. You know, he didn't care. He treated you like yeah. a friend that that he's had all his life. But that's, that's one thing about Michael. You know, he was a Christian. He was a friend. He was a hard worker. And he just made people that was around him want to do better. Yep. And Michael was like all of us, like the Word said, we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. I mean, that's that's a fact. Michael was just like all of us. He had his faults. He'd tell you that. He had done things that he wished he wouldn't have done. But uh, one thing for sure, 
he was right with the Lord. He, he asked for the forgiveness and received it. I think one thing that we can take from that too is the way he handled his illness there towards the end. Oh, Ooh, he was a soldier. Well, I don't think I could have done no, that. Sir. I don't think I could have went without feeling sorry for myself or why did this happen to me or anything. I never seen any of that out of Michael, and I assume you guys didn't either. Well, see, we hunted with him while he was sick. Yeah. He stood in that camp over there and cooked for us because he wanted to, and he was sick, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, the, and I would, anybody that's listening to this, if they didn't know Michael or get to see it, on his Facebook page, I don't know much about Facebook, but I borrowed my wife's and used it. If you'll go on the Facebook page and listen to Michael as he talked, and he was, his faith was so powerful in God, and he was so thankful that God walked that journey with him. And I never will forget, Michael said, I'm going to win. He said, God's going to heal me here, or he's going to heal me in heaven. He said, it's God's choice. He said, but God's walking this walk with me. And I'm telling you, uh, I would hope if nobody's watched Michael on Facebook when he did the updates mm -hmm. and he believed it, he said it. And, uh, you know, I've never seen a person stand on their faith that strong. And God stood on his promises. They were solid. And Michael was, he was ready to go. He wanted to stay, but he was ready to go. He was absolutely ready. He's ready to go, but I think Michael, he didn't want to let on that he was as sick as he was, and he did it for us. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was a lot sicker than we, we knew, and he didn't want us to, uh, he, he'd call, he said, I'm all right, I'm all right, he'd call me, yep. you know, I'm all right, you know, he didn't want you sitting around where you. Yeah, I know I would. I'll just shoot him a text about once a week. Sure. You know, how you doing? Uh, I know just like everybody else did. I researched his disease, and I'd find articles and stuff, and I'd send them to him, you know, and I'd say, here, Michael, read this. Maybe this will help, you know. And he would thank me and how he appreciated me and all that stuff. And then I down at the Lone Star. I talked to uh, I talked to a few guys down there. I, I believe you were one of them, Mr. Mm -hmm. Eddie, and he said Michael's not doing well, and he hadn't returned any text for about a couple weeks. Sure. And I, I thought he was doing great, you know, and I think, he, like Jesse said, he'd done that as a favor to us, sure. you know, as opposed to just trying to – there was no macho man in, in Michael, you know. He didn't have an ego big enough to justify, you know, oh, I can whip this or I'm, I'm doing it because I'm a big tough guy. I think, as Jesse spoke, as Jesse said earlier, you know, he'd done it for his friends and his family. He was as sick as he was oh, if we was hunting. He wanted to update. Yeah. He wanted that text. He wanted that. Yeah. He wanted to know what that dog was doing. He he would stay awake to get those texts. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I kind of felt guilty. I mean, I, I was reluctant because yeah. I know he wanted to be there. Yeah. But I sent him, you know, and he'd answer and he'd call if the hunt was over. He'd call. He'd text during the hunt. How much time's left? What's this one got? What you got? What they got? What? And then he'd tell me what I need to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just like he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He wanted to know. But, you know, this sport, uh, Michael loved this PKC family, and he enjoyed this sport. And this sport was kind to him with everything that happened there at the end. 
But what Michael give this family, I believe, is just uh, when they followed him and listened to him, so many of them that uh, had, and I'm just being honest, they were some people that listened to Michael and watched his faith said they started talking to God for the first time. They had never talked to God before. There was some that it had been a long time since they talked to God. They started talking to God. There was people that had their name written in the book of life. They, are, they received salvation because of Jesus Christ and God and Michael's walk with him. That is true. And I also believe there's people that uh, maybe started taking a test mm-hmm. or getting tests or different things. Yep. That, so Michael, he give this sport uh, through this sickness. I can't explain it. You know, Jesse, help me out here. Best way I can explain it, I went to his house to see. I went to pick B up. And uh, me and my wife pulled in his driveway. I didn't want to get out. It's hard seeing your friend sick, someone mm. that was so strong. You know, it is super hard. Mm, it was bad. We kind of sat there a minute, and uh, Michael happened to come out of the house as we was getting out of the truck, and he smiled. I knew it was good, yeah. you know. So he made us feel good about him being sick. That's that's sure. that's just so weird, you know. We talk about the gifts that he gave, and what Eddie mentioned is the greatest gift of all. You know, he, he led people to the Lord, and that's – Nothing can eclipse that, and we all know that. But he was also so instrumental in promoting the part of hound hunting that we are all here to enjoy tonight and that we all enjoy so much. And that is, frankly, high-end competition coon hunts. I mean, that is competing against the best of the best handlers and dogs. And he was an adamant, adamant supporter of that. And, you know, you look at... A guy that got his face on the cover of ProHound, you know, after he died, that don't happen to just anybody. No. And we're here in part not only because this is the Michael Moody Memorial, but, you know, it could have been one of us, and it would have been the Josh Michaelis Memorial or the Eddie Sims Memorial, and Michael would have been here oh, yeah. talking about us and competing in this event. But he done so much for this because you look at the Jarvis Humphers and the first $100,000 PKC hunt and how instrumental he was with that. And... I mean, really, where would we be without him? Sure. I know Jesse was a, a big helper of Michael's when he first started mm-hmm. talking about it. We're just going to have one hunt, one hunt. Then he called Jesse and made it too. But uh, in memory of uh, Mr. Jarvis Umpers, I mean, hey, you know, he had that visionary. He had that dream. Michael Moody had that vision. He had that dream also because uh, that weekend, two Hundred thousand first places. I, I may be, need to be corrected, but I think total four hundred and fifty thousand dollars earned yeah. total it was close in to a one half weekend, dollars. close to half a million dollars at a coon hunt. Who would have ever thought that? And look where we are now. Sure, we're having two of those a year. There's other pro sports doing it. Sure, uh, UKC with their tournament of champions. Here we are. I get to go to these hunts, and I'm such a blessed man just to cover them. Even sure. when I'm not competing in them, I get to go out on the final four with some of the greatest dogs on the planet. Sure, and bring that to the masses. And people like Michael are such a huge impact on not only their friends and their family and stuff, but the sport overall. You know, just like Jesse, Michael made a phone call. Jesse, yeah. I need some help. 
if somebody else would have called Jesse, I'm not saying yes, I can't answer for Jesse. Yeah, oh. Casey Dooley would have called you Jesse. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I was sitting right here just now thinking about that hunt and the people that it took to put it on yeah. is a testament to who Michael was. Yeah. You know, everybody's willing to help. No, no questions asked. Michael, you know, he needed help. Everybody jumped in there. He, he called me, and he, he said that, he said, uh, I, I called him, I think, and uh, he said, it, it's, filled, it's full. He said, and it's bad. I said, no, it's not bad, it's good. He said, no, he said, there's a bunch of people wanting mm-hmm. entries. He said, he said, I'm actually getting some ugly text. And I said, well, let's just do two. Yeah. I said, that, and who would have thought? Don't leave them out. Yeah. You know? Of course, he had to call yeah. and, and get it set up and. I, I did never even ask anybody anything. This was all happened one morning right after that thing filled. I never called none of my people or nothing. I just said, let's do two. Yeah. Of course, I knew, you know, yeah. everybody else was going to say, for sure. Well, that was the end of my doubting of Michael Moody. Cause I'm going to be honest, when he first contacted me and Finley and stuff about that, and Finley calls me, because what do you think? I said, yeah, let's just wait and see. You know, we'll get an entry later. Someone's going to want to sell theirs or look. It won't fill right away or nothing. And then, you know, an hour later, it's full. And then two hours later, the second hunt's full. And we don't even have an entry. Sure. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, they they really pulled this off. And that was, I don't think people can understand now with it being a more regular occurrence, the gravity of that. The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network is proud to partner Cajun Lights can outfit all of your hunting-like needs, everything from a high-quality, room, super bright, super versatile. They've got a Bayou, which is a mid-range price light. And then one of my personal favorites is the Micro Gator. I use that for big game hunting, finding tracks, just uh, general use. If I need a light on my head, I'm grabbing my Micro Gator. Competitors, we're always looking for the next thing that can give us an edge to reduce those variables and increase our chances of success, getting our picture taken in the next big payday. Onyx Maps can help you do that. Onyx is packed with features, including their detailed mapping showing terrain features and landowner information. You can actually use Onyx to scout for your next big event. Lock down your own permission from those landowners and guide your cast. I always like to guide a cast if I can. Go and pre-hunt those areas. Know what my dog's going to do, where he's going to be, where the den trees are. Everything's there, folks. You can go to onxmaps.com, use the promo code HXP20, 
and get 20% off of your next subscription for Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. The nervousness yeah. that went into it. Eddie, I'll tell you, tell him about the stove. Oh, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> me and Michael get down there a day early. And uh, when Michael leased the building, you know, uh, he went through it. It had a stove. It had an oven. It had everything his mom needed to uh, prepare a meal. She's one of the best there. She serves 800 people at a time. Their church is real big. So she's, she's a red alert. She knows what she's doing and does it well. Well, me and Michael get down there and open the door going through the building. He said, what do you think, Ed? I said, boy, it's nice. We get to the kitchen. There ain't no stove, no <laughs> oven, no nothing. <laughs> Michael turns real quick, and he asks that lady, he said, ma'am, where's the oven and stove? When I leased the building, it had an oven and stove. She said, oh, we're getting a new one. He said, well, well that's good. said, uh, when do you think it's going to be here? She said, if all goes well, two months. <laughs> Michael's day after tomorrow we <laughs> yeah. and we having this coon on tomorrow and his mama's gonna be there cooking so michael he he took a little trip you know he uh, not to that lady he just said ed this ain't good he said i'm gonna call mama he called miss moody she said baby don't you worry about that take that off your plate i got it move on and she did. Yeah. We had a camp where the other hunts was. She was able to warm the food and everything, cook it at the church. And but uh, the food was delicious. Oh, she, she knocked her it out team or something. But, I didn't get to go to Crowville. I spent most of my time up there at the Mississippi portion of it. But yeah, the food was good there. I guarantee you. And, and Miss Umper's got to come. You know, yeah, no better than that too. I, I don't know. know Michael's mom and dad, it, Mr. Eddie, but. Michael comes from a good family. Mm -hmm. too. Oh man, he's got some of the finest. You know his kids, Caroline and Grayson and Grayson. Yeah, yeah they just no. they top notch too. From the first weekend I ever met Michael's mom and daddy, it was like family. It's yeah. like home. It's 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 like home. Mamas and daddies raised like that. Raised kids like Michael. Oh yeah, and you know uh, uh, the word void. I don't know what it. I'd have to look it up in the dictionary to get the the real meaning of it. But I use it. There's so many of us, there's a void in our life because, uh, and it's just not me. I was just one of many friends. But me and Michael talked pretty regular. We hunted when we could. Jesse's the same way. Some weeks we talked several times a week. Some days we talked several times mm -hmm. a day. And, uh, man, it, it's, it's, it's left an opening, you yeah. know. But the good news is Michael's in heaven. Yes. Hey, he's where we all want to go. <laughs> and uh, he's there first. No. I have tried to call him. <laughs> I have tried to call him, and I told Eddie the other day, and and, and and it's it's weird because it seems like when it, when Eddie's thinking about him, I'm he's in South Mississippi, I'm yeah. in Northeast Louisiana, I'm thinking about him. Yeah, I I, I had I dreamed about I dreamed. Of course, we all I hope we all dream, but I dreamed about Michael, and I told Eddie I said we had a good visit, and about the same time it was something to do with a little car. Oh yeah, you was you was, and, and on the way up here, um, Eddie was listening to Michael's funeral, and I was looking at Facebook, and it was memories on my Facebook mm -hmm. had popped up at the same time about Michael. So it seems like it just, it, I don't, it's weird. Every time I see one of those little bitty cars, I, I think they call them a smart car or something. But Jay's wife buys a new car in Vicksburg. And uh, so Michael and Jay's going hunting, and I think Joey was going with them. And uh, Jay said, well, i got to run in there and get that car. Michael said, hey, that ain't no problem. I'll just swing by and pick it up. 
So Michael's expecting it to be a much larger ride <laughs> because Jay's wife is bought a new car. Well, they trot that little fellow around there, and it's a real, like a smart car. It ain't much bigger than a four-wheeler. Yeah. Michael said, there's been a mistake. He said, I've come to get Jay Tedwell's wife's car. He said, there's no mistake. So Michael drives that thing to Vicksburg, and we had a picture of it at his funeral that come up, Michael, in that car. That so every fantastic. time I see one of those little cars, I think of Michael. It looks like a four-wheeler. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to add? I know it's hot up here and we're getting ready to eat and stuff. I'm going to get uh, Billy Bell and Michael Ward and Ryan Krausen on here as well. But uh, I know you guys got a bunch more to say, so let's let's hear it. Mr. Eddie. Well, wait. I mean, I, I, think of, I think of stories, you know, uh, yeah. just like me and Michael was out in Arkansas and uh, this refuge, and uh, it said no guns and all this stuff, so – me and Michael leave the truck, leave the pistol in the truck. We're following the law. We get out there, and here comes these two hogs. Well, I said, hmm, I've got a stick. We're in a little water. And uh, all of a sudden, here comes the boar. Hey, he's mad. He's not happy me and Michael's in there. Michael said, you got the stick. <laughs> you get up here. I said, hey, let me just pass you the stick. <laughs> so that boar stood there and messed with us a little while, and we debated said, Michael, how smart are we? I said, is it better to get a ticket for having a handgun in a national <laughs> refuge or getting eat up by a boar hog yeah. in a national refuge with a gun <laughs> in the truck? <laughs> what would you have done there, Jesse? You would have had that gun, surely. I'd have run. <laughs> I would have saved them because the hog would have been chasing me. <laughs> I guarantee you. And you know another thing about Michael. Uh just like that hunt. They did the Calcutta before that. Yep. Michael was a giver. He was a, a he was a giver. So the Calcutta went off, and I had been talking about our youth hunt uh, first weekend in March in Wiggins, Mississippi. Good Lord willing, it's going to happen again. Yes, sir. But uh, Michael said, Ed, we're going to use part of that money. I had always talked about maybe we could one day pay the kids' entry fee. Michael said, hey, we're going to take this Calcutta and we're going to give the national youth program some money, and we're going to pay those kids at Wiggins uh, mm -hmm. entry fees. Just, just right, you know, and every year at the, the world, when it come time for the guides to be paid and the youth, Michael was part of that group yep. also. You know, he was a giver. He was a dreamer, but he was a worker. Yeah. He'll never be gone. He'll always be around. That's uh, another story, and you can, you can take any of this stuff out of here, but uh, first time I saw D, I told you last week, you know, Croson, uh, him and Michael's in a pro hunt, and uh, David Reiner, a good friend of mine in baseballs for 100 years, we see uh, D, and she, she wasn't world champion D then. She was just D, about 17 months old. And uh, Croson, uh, we hunted in that hunt, and she she looked like a 17-month-old dog. And uh, Croson said uh, – Michael had been on wanting to buy her because he had heard about her and Billy had told him. And so Michael was interested in buying her. And uh, Croson said, uh, well, you didn't see nothing tonight. He said, but I am pretty sure you're going to see something out of her soon. And uh, as me and Josh said, you know, uh, Michael, we kept up with D. She went to the world hunt seven times. She won it once, got second once, and got her picture took the other five times. And Croson was right. Me and Michael talked about it all the time. And every time we draw D, you know, she didn't get in no hurry. She walked off. And 
uh, just tree them coons, but one story. Uh, Croson, she's treed across there, and uh, he said, uh, Michael, you mind if I get D? He said, no, go ahead and call her during the hunt. You know, uh, everything's cool. He said, uh, D, come here. Hey, she come over there. Michael said, he didn't even have to call her. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we we had some good stories with Ryan too. Yeah, Michael and Ryan were very good friends. Are very good friends. Uh, well, fellas, I appreciate you sitting down. Jesse, you got anything to add? Oh man, I, I'm I'm about done. I hear you. I'm gonna be done because it's the polite thing to do. But uh, there's no telling how long I could talk about Michael. Well, we'll, know, get you, we'll get you up here with the other guests too, Eddie. I'd be yeah, you're more than happy to sit up you, here the whole time. Ain't gonna uh, bother me a bit. He was just uh, he made you better, want to be better. Uh, and Michael, you know, he didn't try to be something he yep. wasn't. He'd tell everybody, "Hey, I'm just a sinner, yep. but I'm a forgiven sinner by the grace of God." And uh, I remember some of the last things he told me and Jesse. He said, "God's grace is sufficient." He said, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. God's grace is sufficient. And uh, that was his word to everybody, that if they hadn't talked to the Lord, please do. All right, fellas. We're going to take this. is going to be a commercial break on the podcast, but we're going to go down and get us something to eat. We'll be right back with uh, some more. I would like to say this. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Josh, for doing this. Thank you to this club up here for putting on the Michael movie. Yeah. Memorial. Thank you to PKC, the guides, the judges. Uh, I, thank you doesn't describe it enough, but for us that love Michael and everything, uh, it, uh, thank you is the best I can do. We're happy to do it. I know I'm happy to do it just like PKC is in this club, and, and we're happy to bring you this. And so we'll be right back with some more on Mr. Michael Moody. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from our commercial break, and this time I'm sitting down here with Mr. Michael Ward. And, uh, of course, you guys have heard from Mr. Eddie and Jesse already, but, Michael, I just kind of wanted to ask you about, and we touched on this earlier, you know, before you got here, is Michael as a competitor. Because he was such a straight-laced uh, guy, but he had an edge to him when it comes to hunting in these hunts. Is that, is that a fair assessment? <laughs> yeah, when you seen Michael run the club, he was uh, he was shaking hands and always smiling, man. Every time you seen him, he was smiling. And uh, same guy every time you seen him, but he's like all of us when, it, yeah. when that timer started. It was game time. You know, he was he was a competitor. He wanted to win. Do you remember your, the first time you drew Moody? Man, I drew him when I was young, and he was always uh, – when I was young and I would draw him, you know, these guys, they try to run over you out there, and, and he would always stand up for kids or, or young people, you know, and, and make sure the right thing was done. You know, he wanted to win, but he always stood up if he seen somebody doing something that they wasn't supposed to do, you know, to a young person or something. He would always – he was super stern, you yeah. know, and heck, Michael was a big dude. Yeah. He could get loud, you know, <laughs> yeah. even though he's a nice guy. He, you know, he was intimidating if you didn't really know him, and I always appreciated that about him. And, uh, man, he was always fun to hunt with, win or lose. And 
He never got loud unless he was in a cast, I don't think. I don't know if he knew he got loud when no, he did. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. What, uh, do you got any memories of a, of a certain cast or anything like that with Michael? Not really just a pinpoint memory. Yeah. It's just, hard when you've drawn somebody I, a lot. I tell you, the best memory I've got of Michael Moody, we drew at Mount Orb at the $6,500 hunt, and it uh, – Man, it come a heck of a storm, and we went right down the road from the club there to where uh, Timmy Waters guides, and I rode with Michael. And it was raining so hard you couldn't see, so, you know, they said, hey, let's sit in the truck and wait it out for a while. Well, man, me and Michael had just one of the best talks yeah. in that truck. Nothing about coon hunting, man. He just told me about his faith, about growing up, about problems his mom and dad had with, with just life, period, and how they fought through it, and become who they was and 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 about his eye and stuff you know i was just curious asking questions and he man we sat there and talked it felt like felt like five hours but it was probably 30 minutes but i learned a lot about him and then i talked to him a lot about my dad and stuff like that passing from cancer which mm -hmm. is wild now that you think about it but he was just a down-to-earth guy that you could sit there and talk to all day, and you felt like, you know, you wasn't sitting there sick and tired of talking and ready to go home. You could sit there, and it felt like five minutes, and you'd been talking five hours, you know. He was uh, unique in this sport, and I'm not saying that there there's not folks other like Michael, but he was a deep thinker. Right. And you didn't know that about him unless you got the opportunity to sit in that truck with him for a half hour you know waiting on a rainstorm to pass or unless you went pleasure hunting or knew him well exactly because he he was a people person you know mm -hmm. but it wasn't like he was just a big talker right you didn't hear him always running yeah. his mouth you know like somebody maybe like me <laughs> <laughs> he uh he wasn't always just the center of attention yeah. but but if you could get him away from everybody you could really He'd peel that layer back, and you'd find out more about him. And he was an interesting person, and I always thought a lot of, a lot of Michael. Yeah, and did you guys ever get into it on a cast after you got older? <laughs> Man, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. But me and him always really had good casts, and he's. Yeah. I'm telling you, him and him and B, and he had good dogs forever. Yep. You know what I mean? I remember when I first really started hunting hunts. He bought a. Man, he bought a dog that. That Eddie hunted for him. I can't remember that dog's name. Was it uh, Bo? No, it was a dog that ended up uh, ended up dying. I can't remember that dog. I drew him at the Breeders Showcase, and and uh, and that was a good dog. Which he always, you yeah. know, Michael, he always buy a good dog. But when he started hunting B, man, we would draw it every hunt. I'd yeah. be like, man, get away from me. Was he on that hot streak when he? Yeah, was drawing you every time. That? And I, I had so. beat him. I beat him in Texas one night. We treated four coons apiece. Yeah. We'd walk with us. I mean, we had a A one cast. Hey, the judge was. I don't remember who was judging. It was the first hunt they had that. Uh, the the sixty four dog the twenty five hundred dollar. Yeah, yeah. And <clears> the, the during the tree climbing incident. Uh, was that the same hunt? It was the one. It was, it was the in one. Buffalo. It was in Buffalo. That's yeah. it. That yeah. might have been it. Yeah. yeah. Bonnie and Weed and somebody yeah. else got in the finals. Maybe yeah. maybe uh. Uh, White Monin, I think. No, White Monin got in the semifinals. But that was Bonnie's coming out yeah. party too. Right. Yeah. That was that was when she yeah. first started showing up. Yeah. But but we drew man. We treated four coons apiece, and the judge got way behind, and uh, it was just me, Moody, and Weed, and there's like a minute left in this cast and we get up on this hill and this judge is hung in a briar patch and mine's treated there for the win on his fourth coon 
I mean, it's getting down 30 seconds. I'm like, man, Judge, what are you doing? Are you in a wheelchair? <laughs> and he, uh, Moody said, I hear you, dog, Ward. I said, what do you mean? He said, I hear him, tree him. I said, cowboy tree, you know. He said, yeah. Judge, he's treed. I got his dog. We walked in there about a mile and a half. There he was, plus him up, you know. Yeah. Not many people would He didn't done care. That. I mean, he wanted to win just yeah. like everybody, but he knew it wasn't my fault that judge was lagging, you know. Yeah. We all like to think we'd have done that. And I probably would have, too. I imagine you would have probably. I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> no. If it was somebody like him, I mean, that, that mm-hmm. I know would do it for me, I wouldn't mind doing it, you know. Yeah. There's certain people, you know. Well, yeah, and you know I wouldn't what? have done it for weed. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something to be said about being that straight-laced, honest, treat everybody fair throughout your career. And then you're going to catch those breaks just like you did right there or Michael Moody would have you know if you'd have took his call or something like that well I can tell you my dad he's he's dead and gone now but one thing he told me he always told me <clears throat> when you when you die there's one thing you leave the money don't count none of that counts the memories you make mm-hmm. that people remember you by that's what counts and everybody remembers Michael Moody I mean, I'm sure there's bad stories but most people you're going to run into have good memories of Michael Moody yep. and they're going to say good things about him yep. <clears throat> and he was a good friend. He was a good guy when he was – man, even when he was pretty sick, uh, me and my wife had our baby, and he – man, he was texting me yep. all the time. He texted me, congratulate me, man. You know, just motivate me about being a new dad. And that was – I wish I could have got my son over there yep. to meet him, but it was just a bad time. Yep. But it's uh, just the the faith that he had – in the worst time of his life. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a big church-going guy. I believe in God and all that, but that right there is motivating for anybody. He was a shining example. I mean, if that right there can't get you going, nothing can. I mean, he was was so positive in the worst time of his life. It didn't matter, man. The only thing, and I don't know how his kids took it. I don't... Didn't know his kids well. I seen his son all the time at hunts with him, <clears throat> but uh, I know exactly how they felt. My yeah. dad died of cancer. I was a little older than than his son is, but uh, that that gut feeling he's got, it's never gonna leave. It'll heal up a little bit, but Michael left him, you know, on a positive note. Yep. That's what that's what counts, <clears throat> and uh, it's uh. It's better than it could have been, you know. If he would have been negative and and squalling and crying yeah. and and all that, you know, they would have probably that scar would have been a little bit yep. deeper for them, you know. Me and you are in a unique situation, as in I lost my dad to cancer as well, just as you did. I think I was. It was the year my son was born, so that had been twelve years ago. And you're right, that wound never healed. You know, there you still want to dial your dad up every time you got it. Even as grown men like me and you are with kids now and families of our own and stuff. But Grayson and, and Moody's daughter and stuff, they're going to be listening to this. And do you have any advice for them going forward as far as – because, I mean, only thing I can think of is you tell them you're sorry, but it doesn't get much better. Well, I can <laughs> just tell you <clears throat> on, a, on a straightforward note, you know, it's part of it. Yeah. It's just part of it. I mean, that's that's what people do. We die. I mean, it's going to happen to all of us. Yeah. But uh, the, the only piece of uh, 
anything I could give them is is just think of the good memories all mm-hmm. the time, you know, because I watched my daddy die just like they did. I mean, he crumbled into pieces, toughest man I ever knew in my yep. life, and I watched him just fall apart, you know, <clears throat> and uh, I see that every day. Yep. And if I could have never seen that, I'd be way better off. But I think, man, I can pass. I mean, and it's just weird to anything. Hunting mainly, I think of him every night when I'm hunting because that's what he he, mm-hmm. he brought me up hunting and Man, we hunted every night. He said on he couldn't walk with me for the last long time, but he'd sit on the tailgate, and uh, we had some of the best talks of my life. You know, a lot of stuff that I'll pass on to my son, but I can pass a fresh cut hayfield, yep. man, and I think of them. Just anything, honeysuckles in the woods, and when I smell them, just something he always mentioned when we were out there. It's just boom, it hits me. But it's not like a sad moment. Yep. I don't get sad over it. It's just it's a cool moment because I think of them and stuff like that. As the time goes on what used to bring a frown to your face when you had remembrance of your father well eventually that becomes a smile right and right. that's going to happen with michael's kids too right i agree and i know it ain't it, it don't takes seem a while. like it now yeah. it takes a while it does it's uh but you know and they, and they might already be feeling it you know yep. but but uh, eventually they're gonna they're gonna catch themselves seeing something smelling something mm-hmm. hearing something and just catch themselves smiling because they're thinking of Michael, and that's that's super cool because that means he left an impact. Yep. That's you know? the and legacy. he left an impact on a lot of coon hunters that yep. are going to hear something, see something, you know, and think of Michael Moody. Yep. That's cool to me. I, I hope I I hope I leave that impact yep. on my son and and other people. You know. Well, that Moody legacy is going to be forever tied to events like this. These hundred thousand right. dollar PKC hunts. You know, that's one thing that he's leaving to us as well. You know, right. he was such a big impact on the sport too. Not just in his family's life and in, in his friend's life, but also in, you know, here we are doing this podcast because of him. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be said about that. Uh, Michael, I thank you for sitting down with me. Man, I appreciate you having me, really. Yeah, no, not a problem. Uh, we're going to take one more break, and then uh, we will be back with some more. So you guys stay tuned. Thank you, Michael. Guys, we are back. Or actually, I am back. Um, I know I promised you Billy Bell and Ryan Krausen, but um, getting these houndsmen together and getting them, I mean, these guys were competing for $100,000 this week. Uh, We tried to record this at the clubhouse. It's kind of like herding cats. Uh, I know both Billy and Ryan wanted to be on there but the timing just was not right we couldn't quite make it work um but maybe in a future episode we'll talk a little bit about that uh i know it was a little i don't know i guess uh deeper uh sad kind of sad you know compared to what we usually do here on houndsman xp but i thought it was a story that needed told uh Michael Moody was a fantastic human being by all accounts, and we are all worse off on this world because of his passing. Uh, I do feel good about the podcast and, and what Mr. Eddie and Jesse and Michael said about Moody. Uh, I thought it was fitting, and I thought that it was a, a good tribute 
to uh, Michael and all he's done for the sport. Uh, this is a competition coon hunting podcast after all, and he was one of the major contributors, uh, like we said earlier, in that part of owning hounds. And so, yeah, we're all sad to see him go. Uh, I do appreciate all three of these guys sitting down with me. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I really do. And uh, until next time, this is the truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network.